Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's Freaky Friday time with your hosts, Jake and Jesse. Enjoy if you dare. Dude. Dude. It's a, is it a bit foggy today? <laughs> it's, a, it's a wee bit foggy today. <laughs> oh, that was the fucking lamest segue ever. <laughs> it was, man. It was. But we'll make it work because... Uh, that's how we roll making this podcast, buddy. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's the lame dad joke of podcasts. Yeah, I mean, people just don't know the, the pain and suffering we go through to create this show, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. The, it's the, insane. The, the lean calories that are burnt on brain power coming up with these <laughs> terrible segues. Absolutely terrible. Uh, I'll, man, I'll give you that one for this week. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm fucking, I'm good, man. <laughs> Just fucking, uh, just having one of those fucking days where you're like, okay, I've got a million things to do. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. It's, uh, we're like the seagrass just fucking floating out in the ocean. <laughs> just going, ah. There you go. There's yeah, another segue I, for you. I, I'm, um, I, I, we've, we've just, uh, got two new family members. Um, yeah, dude, congrats. So, yeah, yeah, we, we haven't named them yet. There's a short list going on. We're waiting to see what their personalities are, but, um, sure. say, trying to work from home with, uh, nine week old kittens running around is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. It's like, have you tried turning the computer off and meow? <laughs> Yeah. Pretty, pretty much, it's like you know. Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna set the laptop down, and I'm gonna go do so. Okay, I need to close everything because there is a very good chance someone is gonna walk across this and send a response that makes yep. no sense. <laughs> <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Um, yeah, no, it's good. They're, they're just uh, they've they've been chilling out. We're uh, following the uh, the Jackson Galaxy rule of cat introduction. So, loads, nice. Uh, Loki and them are getting share time to get used to each other. Well, no doubt we'll be getting plenty of progress reports over the coming episodes, boys and girls. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, stay yeah. Stay tuned. Anyone following my Instagram, fucking prepare for kitten spam. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, dude, this week we're, we're smashing out a bit of a one-and-done episode of sorts. And uh, Yeah, 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 because we still haven't decided on what uh, franchise we're tackling next. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> Shit, I was meant to save that for the grafter meeting. We kind of, we kind of have like the worst problems in the world, don't we? Like, we got so many awesome fucking things to choose from, and uh... yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm stuck working at home with hats, oh. uh, you know, justified playing in the background. It's fucking this life is not for everybody. <sighs> life but um yeah this week's a this week's a cracker of an episode just a you know it's it's a quick and easy fucking episode because it's a quick and awesome movie right yes uh, it is and i i I don't know how far you want to go into the uh remake of sorts but uh well i haven't had a chance to watch the remake yet Uh, so uh, i've I've seen it it once and, I uh, one I for the team. Don't do it. Don't I don't do feel it. like I'm missing anything. No, I just, it, I had one of those moments where I just, at the end of it, I got to the end, looked at the time, went, great. And then I looked at the movie and went, fuck you. You owe me an hour and 40 minutes of my life back. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, that's all I had to say. But anyway, um, this week we're, we're, we're kicking it in the 80s. We've Time warping back to 1980 itself. Going to one of our favourite horror movies from one of our favourite directors. We are talking about John Carpenter's The Fog. Hell yes, we are. It's a fucking great one. And you know what I love about this one, especially the cherry on top, and I just have to give you a quick shout-out, buddy. Jakey uh, sends me one of those awesome bro packages uh, for the old birthday, birthday artist. And oh, that's fucking, right. Yeah. And in there was a uh, fucking Toonie Terrier's action figure that I didn't know existed. 
of Captain Blake from The Fog. Um, yeah, I fucking love it so much, dude. Oh, man, so, Gina Carey's on my jam, man. They're fucking great. Yeah. But um, The Fog is one of our... You know, it's, it's pretty cool because last week we got all excited talking about The Howling. This week we're excited talking about The Fog. This movie is fucking just phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, fucking do it, dude. It's that fucking good, man. It's This is kind of John Carpenter's uh, follow-up after doing Halloween. He was fresh off making that bad boy. And um, Hollywood just went, oh, we're going to give you more money because you're awesome and you make us money. So... Go make us a scary, another scary movie. Oh, so this yeah. movie's just so great because it's just one of those classic ghost stories, you know. It's I really think it's one of the best, if not the best, ghost story movie out there. It's just, it's just one of those classic. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's no coincidence that the movie kicks off with you know a story being told around a campfire. Oh, I fucking love that. That's that's exactly how this movie feels. This movie feels yeah. like a, a creepy little campfire ghost story yep. that should be told. Like yeah, yeah, and it's, it's really cool fantastic. that we kick off. Yeah, it's really cool that we kick off with Donald Pleasance at the start there too. Yeah, just making a rare appearance. You know, obviously they blew fucking a substantial budget just to keep to getting in there for five <laughs> minutes. But um, but dude, like. I couldn't have picked a better actor to tell a ghost story at the start oh, right. and set the tone for the movie. And then beautifully accompanied, you know, seeing all these kids just sitting there just going, holy shit. And then beautifully accompanied by John Carpenter's um, score. Okay, so I'm going to ask you something about yeah, the go score. Yeah. Um, I was watching this and... Yep. Um, you know, I bust, busted out my, my Blu-ray the other day and uh, checked it out, which I haven't. I got the um, Classics Remastered one that you nice. can get from JB, which I highly recommend anyone grab because it's essentially the Australian release of the Scream Factory version. It's got, like, Horrors Hallowed Grounds on there, like, <sighs> all the goodies. Yeah. So I'm watching it, and, I mean, the fucking sound design on the Blu-ray is gorgeous. Like, yeah, I'll bet. I mean, I was watching... I wasn't even watching it on the, the, the proper sound system in the living room. I was watching it in my room uh, on the little <laughs> TV. And it just sounds fucking great. But do you get full-on Exorcist vibes from the score? Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm, I'm listening yeah. to Carpenter's score and I'm like, man, fuck me if you weren't influenced by The Exorcist on this bad boy. Because it, it sounds so eerie and similar. Like, mm. yeah, it's, it's a real vibe. I think it was definitely there was definitely an influence in there somewhere, like or yeah, a peas in a pod moment, you know, just great minds thinking alike. Um, but dude, the the score he came out with, man, just fuck. Oh man, I mean, dude, the, the guy can do no wrong, man, and no, it's just such a perfect um, sound tone to accompany. The, the accompanying beautiful imagery that we see of um, Antonio Bay, uh, it just looks fucking brilliant, man. Like, I, I love the cinematography in this. It's so well done. Yeah, dude. It, I mean, it, the movie looks fucking great. And it's, just, it's got so many cool little jump scare moments. And it's, it's, it's I, I really can't fucking put it any better than this is just like a perfect classic ghost story like yeah. it's just like I, I just feel like fucking man Carpenter any like any genre he puts his mind to he just completely fucking nails absolutely man I'll give you I'll give you all a quick synopsis <laughs> synopsis for the fog <laughs> Folks, get ready to celebrate. Yeah, you're all right. I was just about to do the dumb voice. Um, <laughs> do you like this one? Folks, get ready to celebrate the centenary of Antonio Bay. But many had suffered due to crimes that founded this town. Now they rise from the sea under the cover of the fog to claim retribution. <sighs> and production note. Don't ever do that voice again, Mr. Jesse. Anywho. So you get the idea. There's a bunch of pissed off sailors out at sea that got fucking killed. Um, basically, the curse of leprosy, uh, as we find out throughout the film, 
these sailors uh, basically uh, discover this bounty of gold and gold bullion, and uh, it's being held by a leper colony. And uh, I, I think that's right. Yeah, Something pretty much. Like that. <laughs> yeah, there's lepers involved. There's pissed off sailors. They they basically get fucked over. Um, and the, the the wonderful town of Antonio Bay that's uh, celebrating a hundred years, they don't realize that they're actually celebrating a murder. So their town is basically their forefathers are murderers. And, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, the sailors are coming back to get their bloody revenge. Um, they, they basically say, you know, uh, blood on blood, and uh, six will die. You know, uh, as as the kid. Uh, we're sort of skipping a few beats here, but the, the little kid, uh, th- there's a little kid in this movie that uh, belongs to the fucking DJ, uh, fucking Adrian uh, Bardot, who's fucking yeah, Bar- brilliant. Yeah, Bardot, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's she fantastic. Is, she is so good in this. And she basically keeps the pace of the film going, man, as the as Well, the she's narrator. almost like a narrator sort of thing. Pretty like, much. She's, almost, she's, got, she's got the same um, sort of role as the uh, the DJ in The Warriors. Yes. It, it's a very similar kind of vibe and, and role in the story. And it's, it's a fucking, it's a great narrative way to, you know, set the tone. And, I mean, you know, and also just the, the one thing about this movie, it is so atmospheric it really like, is. It is it is so atmospheric like i i my greatest regret is that the first time i saw this movie i didn't watch it on like an overcast winter's day when it was freezing fucking cold right it's that kind of movie where it's just like oh man you just want to like you just want to like jump under a blanket with some fucking really solid great soup or something like that and just just absorb this whole flick because it's just got that perfect vibe and atmosphere for it. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah, it really does, man. Like, um, I, and, and yeah, Adrian's character has the DJ. Funny enough, fun fact at the time, Adrian was, uh, freshly dating John Carpenter. So. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a great, uh, there's a great little moment in the making of that's on the Blu-ray where the, the cast and crew are talking about how like, her and John Carpenter tried to keep it super professional. Like while they were shooting, they had separate rooms and all this stuff. And apparently that lasted like two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, I mean, like seriously, it, you know, it wasn't a case of, Oh, let's get the girlfriend in, you know, the ditzy girlfriend or anything like that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Accomplished actress who fucking slays in this role, dude. She is so good in this. Oh man. Yeah. DJ. She's, Fantastic. Um, and I mean, you know, the other great thing, like the cast in this movie is great. I mean, like Hal Holbrook is the priest. Oh, he's just so brilliant. Like, I mean, he's he's a great actor anyway. Like, he's he's been great in everything. I mean, I think the last last thing I really saw him in was The Sopranos, and he was just brilliant in it as well. Mm. There's something about him that's just. I don't know, man. He just plays that tortured character so well. And yeah, playing a drunk, that. tortured priest is fucking brilliant. Yeah, man. He's just got that great, classic, like, old-school theatricality to him, like a, a like a, a vintage Hammer actor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, just, he's just brilliant. Like, yeah. I mean, and, you know, of course, our boy, Tom Atkins. Oh, dude. Like, Tom is there Atkins. this dude isn't just brilliant in? <laughs> What I love about this is, um, we'll get to Jamie Lee and Janet Lee in a second, but dude, like, he just fucking is the king of cool, and well, I mean, let's, that, love that Chevy that he drives too. Yeah, man. I mean, let's let's face it, like Tom Atkins, fucking stud supreme, driving he is. Down, Jamie Lee's hitchhike, and Tom's like, yeah, I'll pick her up, like. They're driving along. Some weird shit happens. Next thing you see, they're in bed. Tom's just nailed her. Yeah. He's Tom. He's just a total start. And she's just like, hey, you're Tom Atkins. You're so fucking cool. I'm just going to hang around here for the whole weekend with you. 
<laughs> she's like she's hitchhiking because she just got away from Haddonfield and yeah, yeah, yeah. escaped Michael Myers. Yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna go to this island and you know, fucking. I gotta say, for a week or two. Yeah, I gotta say, it was pretty funny in that moment when she first hops in the the Chevy and she's like, "Are you weird?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Tom Atkins is like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And it was fucking yeah, great. Weird. Yeah, and then proceeds to hand her his. But can of Budweiser and yeah, <laughs> chugs down some buzz. I, I love, I love that Tom Atkins' character's name is Nick Castle in this. Right. That is such a great Halloween. Novel. So fucking. There's so many nice little nods to you know Halloween in this film. Like just just little nuggets, man. But they're fucking yeah. great. And Nick Castle obviously being the the best one. But um, yeah, dude. Like Jamie Lee, she's great. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, look, she, Jamie Lee's always great. Like, I don't think anyone's ever going to dispute nah. that, but I mean, she's just fantastic. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give it props, man. She fucking nails it as just the kind of, I don't know, the, the, the wary, uh, fucking hitchhiker that ends up being just fucking just such a, uh, a, a strong character in this film. It just really, just the balance of characters in this is so good. And, oh, man, yeah. You know, and, and you also see um, her mate, oh, I can't remember the actress's name, but her buddy Annie that dies in Halloween. Um, oh, back. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, playing. I don't um, remember her name at all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But Janet Lee, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's mum is in this as the organizer, uh, I think she's the mayor actually, um, for the event of the, uh, Ante- the Antonio Bay centenary celebrations. And um, Annie plays her assistant. So there's so many fucking cool little Halloween nods in this. And, um, but yeah, fucking, uh, if I can rewind real quickly, the, the, the movie just picks up fucking awesome from the get go with this boat, the seagrass out, it's out in the sea, you know, three, you know, three drunk fucking fishermen just fucking kicking back, listening to KAB and, uh, you know, listening to the smooth tones of, Ant- of uh, yeah, Adrian's voice, fucking playing some smooth jazz and shit. Yeah. And then, and then she she goes, oh, there's a fucking fog coming, you know, and you're like, oh, I don't see no fucking fog. And boom, there's a fog and there's a fucking big ass fucking old school ship just roaring past them. And next thing you know, boom, fucking dead sailors on the boat. Well, I mean, the great the great thing is too. Like, I mean, Carpenter because he's a fucking genius. Yeah. Um, you know, he always manages to layer in a little bit of social commentary into all of his movies, and you know, there's definitely something in here about like, I I don't know. I mean, look, I'm sure there there are far smarter and deeper podcasts out there that have delved way into oh. this. But, Absolutely. I mean, you know, just giving it a watch because I, I haven't watched this movie in a hot minute, which is something I regret because it's like I really should be rewatching this every, like once a year because this movie's fucking great. So I, I rewatched it the other night and I'm just like, you know, there's just a real kind of like thing in there that you kind of pick up on, like, you know, just a, a bit of a rel of uh, I don't know, a little bit of relevance, I feel, to like, you know, Carp- Carpenter having a little bit of commentary about like, you know, Native Americans and the settlers. Mm. Yep. And, all of the shit that was done there. I mean, yeah. you know, of course, he's just kind of used, you know, ghost pirates as a bit of an analog for it. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, like love me some ghost pirates. Yar. <laughs> and 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 even Carpenter has a nice little uh, cameo in there of sorts too at the very beginning of the film because at the start before the the, the fate of the seagrass plays out, there's a bunch of weird supernatural moments happening in town, like traffic lights going off. Fucking, um, well, yeah, man, yeah, I'm still actually going to talk about that. Yeah. Because it's like the first 15 minutes of this movie are just atmosphere and tone building. Absolutely. With, you know, Adrian Barbo, Barbo's fucking amazing narration and voiceover on the radio. Like, mm. it's so fucking good. And I love that this movie just takes its sweet time and just it does. sets up like okay, this is this sleepy little seaside town, some really weird shit's happening. Like, it just, it really 
builds the atmosphere. And I feel like it really sucks you in by doing that. Like, Absolutely. Because you're just like kind of gripped to the screen and just completely mm. absorbed in the movie. And it's fucking great. It is. And what I love too is like, um, you know, it has it just it reaches its height of that supernatural build up with like uh, the, the kid in the fucking gro- in, in the supermarket overnight fucking mopping the floors or sweeping oh, yeah. the floors, <laughs> taking a swig out of the OJ and strategically hiding it back in the on the shelf and then uh, and then shit starts fucking you know falling down around him and he's like holy shit what's going on you know busted by ghosts uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and then then we we pan over to the church and there's uh John Carpenter fucking closing up the the church and uh reporting to uh our favorite priest Malone saying uh you know can I get paid <laughs> and the priest is like uh you want a drink? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two, three. No, 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 no. We're, we're paying you in booze, man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, then of course, we see the reveal of, uh, you know, the, during this supernatural fucking earthquake of sorts, um, fucking part of the wall of the church fucking cracks open and reveals a fucking a journal. Yeah. Um, written by Captain Blake. No, sorry, not Captain Blake, fucking um, uh, the priest's fucking ancestor and um, who was a but, priest as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we, we got to take a minute here. Mm. Rob Bottin as Captain Blake. Fucking Dude. Rob, you're a rock star. Like, God, I wish you were still doing effects. <laughs> like... Dude, it's so fucking good, man. I, man, I got to say the, the superior aspect of this film... Again, this is another example of practical effects just done masterfully. And um, it was not like over the top either with practical effects. It was very low key, but very effectively done. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very smartly shot because, I mean, you know, watching it the other night, I'm like, you really don't get a clear shot at the ghosts. No. Like, no. They're, they're always fairly shadowed and obscured. And. It's the red glowing a, eyes. Yeah, it's such a smart way to do it. Like, mm. yeah, it's such a, it's such a fucking great looking, well put together film. Like pretty much everything John Carpenter does. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, what's great about it is you know just just seeing like every every time the ghosts appear in the fog, it's within the fog. So the continuity is there with the fog. So the fog mm. is is really the the central piece of this puzzle. And the ghosts uh, are part of the fog. And um, just seeing, I, I thought the ghosts looked so fucking good. Like you said, you don't see them directly, but you see enough of them to just get the heebie-jeebies, right? Yeah. And um, just like they're all carrying fucking, you know, sickles yeah, and all kinds of weapons. and shit. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just, it's so fucking great, man. Like, it's such... It's just such a great, spooky little ghost story. Like that's it, man. Like you know, yeah. I mean, you know. Plus, you got Tom Atkins in there just being <laughs> Tom Atkins, like yeah. <laughs> slaying pussy and taking it's just, names. It's just like he just he just rocks up and just owns everything. I mean, I love that moment, like you know, near the end there, where it's like you know, oh, the fog's gone and the ghosts are retreated. Tom's just there, like, oh yeah, he just lights smoke real casual, yeah. like you know. <laughs> Cool. Just another Friday for Tom Atkins. No big deal. It's just another day at the office, man. He's pretty much lighting up a cigarette, ready to go. Next. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, oh, well, after here, I'm going to go, you know, solve some zombie shit in Night of the Creeps. So, you know, yeah. let, me have, like... let, me, let me have a durry first and, yeah. uh, you know, probably rail Jamie Lee one more time and I'm on my way because yeah. I'm Tom fucking Atkins. That's it, man. <laughs> And she goes, she actually ends up in Halloween too, uh, not for a surviving Michael Myers, but she's in hospital from exhaustion. From yeah, she's, she's, recovering, she's recovering from a weekend with Tom Atkins. <laughs> there you go. We're fucking, that's our theory and we're sticking to it. <laughs> did Michael stab you? It's like, no, but Tom Atkins did repeatedly. Boy, did he stab. <laughs> Gave me the Atkins kiss. <laughs> Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, Tom, Tom, we love you, dude. <laughs> we love you, Tom, so much. But, um, yeah, the, the, um, 
the whole play out of what happens on the seagrass is really cool. Like fucking, you know, when the, the fishermen see the big, the Blake's vessel roaring past yeah. them and then the appearance of the fog and the sailors there and you, just the expression on the fishermen as they're on the deck, just going, what the fuck? And before they can even say what the fuck, they're just stabbed through the, the fucking chest. Of- yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's such an effective scene. Like, the kills are really well done. Like, they're just, just that, I, I don't know, you, you think to yourself, how would a ghost expect to kill someone? It's like, John Carpenter's got you covered, man. That answer is fucking masterful yeah. the way he does it. I mean, look, I, I, my, my absolute favourite, like, one of my absolute favourites is just that sting right at the end with Hal Holbrook. Like, with oh, the like I, yeah. I love the ending of this movie. It's so good. Yeah, well, basically, so throughout the film, our uh, our pr- beloved tortured priest, um, real you know, realizes from reading the journal that his ancestor is part of a conspiracy that fucking stole gold of Captain Blake. Yeah, and, so, uh, dude, you stole gold and you're paying John Carpenter in booze. Yeah, cheap <laughs> bastard, <laughs> cheap bastard. So basically, the town is cursed, and six will die. Um, but to avoid that, they've got to try and get the, the fucking gold back. So where's the fucking gold? Oh, there's a fucking massive gold crucifix just fucking hanging in the wall where we found the journal. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we discover throughout this film, this fog is just getting more and more intense. Uh, people are, you know, the, the, the six are starting to fucking die. Um Adrian is up, you know, you know, our beloved DJ is up there fucking narrating yeah, call on the plays as they happen, you know. Uh, there's a ghost oh, I mean, moving against the wind. How is that possible? Um, that, poor Dan, scene. the weatherman. <laughs> that scene where the radio fritzes out on her oh. voice is so good. Like, well, as I was saying at the beginning, her kid um, fucking is running, playing on the beach, running up and down, gorgeous-looking beach, and um, he just sees his gold coin shining in the distance goes up closer to examine it, goes to pick it up, and it becomes a piece of wood, driftwood. Yeah. And um, it's a piece of the ship. And he takes it back. Uh, she ends up with it, takes it back with her to the station to start work. And um, there it is fucking starts oozing out water. And um, the radio just fucking wigs out. And this, this weird fucking, I, I'm assuming it's Captain Blake's voice, just... You know, just this real torturous voice fucking comes through on the radio and um, just shit blows up. And, yeah, it's kind of a cool scene. Yeah, it's just rad. <laughs> it really is. It really is rad. Um, and, yeah, so you, you kind of – we're kind of giving you all the, the best nuggets of, of this movie. But, basically, the, the, the town's fucked. Everyone's going to die um, unless – Captain Blake gets his goal back. The priest is just fucking drinking his fucking weight in booze, just going, fuck. Yeah, he, he, just, I was like, he just checks out. He's just like, fuck it, I'm getting drunk. Like, <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Pretty <laughs> much, dude. Tom Atkins, you know, fucking superstar that he is. I love that bit when he rescues the kid. So I'm watching Oh, it. that was like, great. He just, you know, smashes the window. He's like, hey, come here, kid, come here, kid. Pulls the kid through. It doesn't clear the glass from the window. He's just like, fuck it, you're tough. Get out of here. <laughs> I know, right? like, oh, Tom, that kid's going to get cut to shit if you pull him through that window. Tom don't care. Tom's just like, no, 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 I'm saving him. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's character building. Yeah. But um, even that scene in the in the house, uh, the gorgeous house on the lake, um, actually, how uh, horrors uh, Sean Clark. Uh, documents that in his in his vlog actually. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. That's actually that is on the Blu-ray. Uh, mm. it's so worth the watch. Like, yes. Yeah, oh man, like the the Blu-ray for this, the classics remastered one. I cannot recommend enough grabbing it because the movie looks great. Like it's perfectly restored. The sound is fantastic, and it's just loaded with features. Yeah, like, so good. Like if you're a fan of this flick or you know, want to be a fan of this flick as you should, like just grab that Blu-ray because it's amazeballs. Yeah, fucking A, man. There's there's so there's so much to love about this film, right? From the opening fucking before the even Donald Pleasance's scene with the stopwatch, 
fucking just that that beautiful phrase um, quote from Edgar Allan Poe: "All that we see and seem is but a dream within a dream." You know, like, yeah. That was fucking cool, and just yeah, all the the the, the town visuals are brilliant. The ghosts look sick. The kills are great. Like when when um that that uh, corpse from the seagrass comes back to life of sorts and tries to stab Jamie Lee and falls. Yeah, like, that was fucking cool, dude. It was creepy as fuck. That's the thing, oh, man. There's just so many great little creepy moments in this movie. Like it's just it's. Again, I, I keep repeating myself, but it's like, it's such a great, like, I, it's like, if someone was to say to you, like, you know, oh, what's like a great little spooky ghost story? Like, mm. Mm. you go this, like, absolutely, you know, it's great, it's atmospheric, it's creepy, it's, you know, I mean, th- there's some great stuff out there. Like, I mean, you know, I, I love, you know, uh, the Amityville Horror remake. Oh, like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm a big fan of it, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, as far it's as great. remakes go. Yeah. Um, but this is just like, this is such a classic old school ghost story. And I think that's the, that's the real appeal of it, is that Carpenter's just crafted this classic, creepy campfire tale that just sucks you in. And, you know, it's like, it's so well put together. Absolutely. And it's really cool too, how he just like captures the, the vibe of, of the old fishermen of the seas, you know, that whole, you just feel like you're there, you know, like, I'm like, oh man, I want to go to Antonio Bay. This place where it rocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, the, te- the people of the town will probably tell you otherwise, but. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, oh, it's a shithole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no. It's coming out of fog everywhere and fucking drunk priests and, you know, yeah. This, this, this place sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, well, we've got a great DJ and Tom Atkins. Yeah, yeah. And Dan, the weatherman, poor bastard. <laughs> He's trying so hard to, to score a date with the DJ. And uh, ends up scoring a date with death instead. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was fucking great. But um, it all culminates into this climax where the priest finds the gold and, uh, you know, lo and behold, Captain Blake and company turn up at the church. And that scene where he, you know, they're all trying to barricade the windows. Meanwhile, Blake just, uh, the priest, just, Malone grabs the gold and the kid just watches him as he just, holds this huge gold crucifix and carries it out into the fucking, into the, the, the church. And um, there is Captain Blake and his crew just standing there ominously. I just love that visual so much. Yeah, that is one of the best shots in the movie. Yeah, dude, it looks so good. Like, I mean, if you ever wanted to fucking be just terrified of walking out into a dark room, that's your moment right there. Because when you see these glowing red eyes... And these ghosts just standing there fucking with the, the mist of the ghosts, just the, the fog just fucking. It's such a great uh, classic Carpenter shot. And it is. And just like a great like, oh, fuck. You know? Yeah. Like... Yeah. yeah. It's so well done. And Blake, you know, Blake uh, slowly approaches. Malone approaches with the gold. And that moment though, when they connect, um, that's kind of the closest you see of the ghosts Mm. um but you know this massive i don't know supernatural explosion happens between the living and the dead when um malone hands you know holds up the the cross and blake grabs it and just this explosion of supernatural energy it's just like a you know oh the curse has ended sort of thing yeah yeah that's that's pretty much what i got from that moment too and then, um, yeah, then Malone's ripped away before uh, whatever can happen happens. So I think he was supposed to go with go with them. Yeah. Um, so so how do you um, since you rewatched it? How do, yeah. How do you what's what's the um, where's the fall down in the remake for you? Because all I remember really of the remake is watching it and just kind of I didn't find the remake terribly offensive like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's not okay. The remake I just found is... it kind of forgettably dull. And it's just like, oh it's Tom Welling and this is yeah. his big like 
it was like that period where a lot of TV stars were like, oh, I'm going to pop up in this shit hot horror movie. And, you know, some went really well, like Jessica Biel doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Welling did The Fog and everyone <laughs> kind of went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's the um, dude from Smallville. <laughs> yeah. Well, before I answer that one, I, I just want to quickly just say the, 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 the big, big finale at the end of this when everyone's gone, Tom, uh, Tom Atkins has lit his cigarette, ready to go off and slay Jamie Lee once more. Um, everyone's left and Malone's there fucking cleaning up the mess and fucking the fog comes back and there's Blake and just chops his head off basically to get I that. love that moment, man. That's like one of my favourite kills in this movie because it's just so such, good. A, it's such a great like sting to the end of the movie. It's it just is. like... You know, yeah, the curse is over, but, you know, they kind of still want their revenge against, like, fucking yeah. Malone and his ancestors they, and all that they shit. They want their blood. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was cool. It's, it's such a cool moment because you're is. just like, oh, yeah, it's all over. And it's literally one of those ones where Carpenter is so fucking good, man, because he doesn't do, like, a lot of other, you know, movies or directors would probably telegraph that. Yeah. With like, you know, going like, oh, just when you think it's over. But with Carpenter, it literally comes out of nowhere. It really does. But not in a bad kind of like, oh, that makes no sense. It's just like a, nah, you think it's all over, bam. Like, okay, now it's done. (laughs) And he really sticks to the subject matter too, man. Like, like the fog, the fog really is the star of the show. Oh, yeah. Like to say the way he shoots the, the, yeah, obviously a lot of it's all smoke machine generated. But just the way he does it and then in editing does that speed up reverse effect to make mm. the fog just look eerie as fuck. It was really cool. And um, But, yeah, the way that scene just plays out with the fog just reappearing and then Blake just standing behind him sort of kind of out of out of camera focus a bit. And then yeah. you just fucking you just see the blade just chop and uh, cut to the credits. So yeah. fucking good. Yeah, dude, it's rad. But it's what I... Rad. What I also love about the film, before I answer your question, is the fact that this is an incredibly short film, but Carpenter just masterfully has edited this bad boy and condensed it. Like, you don't miss out on anything. Everything well, is covered so well. That's one, one thing I've really noticed, um, you know, over the last, like, 10 or so years, like, you know, like rewatching, like, because I tend to rewatch a lot of older films quite a bit. Oh, dude. And one thing I've noticed, man, is that, like, a lot of older films, like, you know, you watch this or, you know, Dirty Harry or whatever. Mm. It's like, they don't go for that long. No. Like, you know, they they don't go for that long, but they feel like they take their time. Like, there's no, they're, they're really efficient and yet manage to squeeze in a shitload of character development and stuff like that. Uh, You're you're never bored, like, but they they feel like they take their time. And you sort of sit there and go, oh, that was only an hour and a half. Like, oh, wow, it it felt so much longer. Like, you know, as opposed to a lot of today's movies, like, you know, you you watch a lot of movies, they go for like, you know, two and a half, three hours, and it's Mm. just like, oh, my God, like, you've taken all this time and you haven't actually really done much with it yeah well pretty much the reason why i brought that up is it's kind of a segue to answer your question that you asked before about the remake right now when you watch carpenter's version it runs at just over 90 minutes whatever Mm. and you you don't feel jaded by the end of it you watch the remake you get to the end and you kind of go oh man like there's there's an hour and 40 of my life gone and and it's pretty much almost on par with the same time frame. Yeah. But, so, okay, the pros of this film, um, there's some nice reflections uh, and nods to John Carpenter's film. So the seagrass is back, um, a more modern version of the seagrass, um, the characters, the character names, and a lot of the dialogue that's spoken in the original film is repeated mm. in this. So there's a lot of parallels between the two, but it's sort of... Uh, it just makes you sort of think, like, well, why am I bothering? Why can't I just watch the original? I, the problem with this is that they try to expand on a lot of 
unnecessary moments in this. Like Tom Welling in this, okay, like I, I feel for the guy because he's a he's a good actor. Yeah, he though is. he's not a professional actor by trade at the time, right? Um, he's still in Smallville land, so you know they. He goes to great lengths to try and shake that fucking shake the red, white, and you know red, red and um, blue tights off, um, even though he doesn't wear them till the very final episode. But anyway, um, not the way like, better. Yeah, but like you know, he's got the five o'clock shadow going on on his on his face just to make him not look so clean cut. So he's trying to sell us that he's this fucking you know captain of this little ship, the Seagrass, and, and he's got the token, um, you know, fucking. I gotta culturally fucking carefully choose my words here, but he's got the token black guy with him, right? Mm. Um, which you kind of I literally can't even remember that from me. That's how unmemorable it was. No, but that's it. Like you've got you've got his mate there as the fucking I'm assuming the comedy relief of sorts, and it just I don't know, man. It just fucking gets messy. Like the the priest, the father Malone in this. Is just an absolute gibbering, drunken mess. Um, who you know, they they just they really fucked up a lot of shit in this film, man. It's, yeah, this is what I will put hands down has a completely unnecessary remake and complete waste of money that could have been invested in just making a far better film. It's um. The ghosts. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like just give it to give it to John Carpenter and let him go make another movie. <laughs> yeah, the worst part of this is the the ghosts, dude. I fucking I just like fucking hate the ghosts in this. It's you know, especially like I know it's it's bad to draw comparisons, but you can't help it after such a perfect film from Carpenter, and then you watch this piece of shit with these fucking ghosts that are just you know, CGI generated, whatever. They just fucking look shit. Man, I remember, one of the things I do remember from this movie is that moment. And does it, does it even take place in the church in the remake or is it like the town? It's like town hall, dude. Yeah. I remember it being like the town hall. Like they try to like mimic that moment where Carpenter reveals all the ghosts standing there at the church. Mm. Mm. And it just came off as dog shit. It like, did. It just looks lame. It looks really, really just like you're just sort of sitting there going like, oh, man, I've seen this done and done better. And I've seen it done better like fucking, you know, nearly 20 odd years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, the only practical effects that you get in this uh, that I that I kind of enjoyed was just the um, the flashbacks to the to the leper colony on the boat. That get yeah. slaughtered and burnt to a crisp. Um, the the fucking the practical effects of their makeup looks fucking great. Like they look awesome um, as people with leprosy. But yeah. um, that's about as far as it goes, man. Like Tom Welling's character. I don't know if it's because Tom Welling was in this, but they make him out to be just this fucking um, fucking womanizing piece of shit, dude. Like you know, he goes to pick up a fucking hitchhiker puts the fucking charm on her and doesn't realise, holy shit, it's my girlfriend. Oh, and she's like, oh, is this how you treat all your hitchhikers? Yeah. You know. It just did that. I mean, I, yeah, I, now I'm remembering that. Yeah. So forced. And, and then. Like, look, dude, you, you're not Tom Atkins, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then there's this awkward moment between him and our uh, our new DJ, which is played by Selma Blair. Um, great actress. Oh, she that's looks, right. She looks great in this, but. Um, dude, trying to mimic Adrian's voice in this film, eh, big mistake. It just doesn't come off effectively, but I'll get to that in a second. But the awkward stare between her and um, Tom Welling in this scene, uh, in in the movie, there's a moment they just stand and look at each other and it's, it's a long silence and you can tell. You're just like, oh, you guys have, yeah, okay, okay. Well, man, I, just, <laughs> I just remember with, with Tom Welling, it's like he's I enjoyed him in Smallville. Like I thought he was yeah, really he's great. in Smallville. But like him trying to play like this hard ass kind of, you know, sort of character just yeah. was such a bad fit for him, especially mm. at the time. It was like, look, I know you don't want to be like typecasters, you know, the good guy, Boy Scout, Clark Kent for And they go to great lengths to shake that off. 
they do, and it feels so forced. Like I remember it feeling really, really forced. Like this is Mm. a deliberate thing. Mm. Like you know, it's it just reminded me of that scene in the last Riddick movie where it's just like you know Vin Diesel's trying to shake off the gay room. It's like no, I'm not gay. Look, I've got like three naked chicks in my bed with me. I'm a I'm a (laughs) stud, and you're just kind of going. Uh, yeah, man. Like, if you if you got to prove it that much, you're just making us doubt you even more. Yeah. And it's the same with Tom Welling in this. It's like, dude, if you got to prove what a tough guy you are, like by having five o'clock shadow and a ragged flanny while you're driving around the island, and well, you know, oh yeah, I've I've, no, I've 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 like railed every chick on this island. I'm cool. pretty much, dude. And it just doesn't. Whereas like Tom like Tom Atkins just it's just natural with him. Like it's just natural. Like it's just Tom Atkins walks into a room and it's just like you're the coolest guy here. Yeah, he's like, you know, just crack open a beer and share it with Jamie Lee and end up five minutes later shagging in the bed. It's like fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like Tom Atkins walks into a room. It's like, it's like Tom Atkins at like 30 or Tom Atkins at 60 when he's got the really white mustache and, you know, is kind of looking a bit uh, long in the tooth. It's just like, you're still the coolest dude here. Like, 100%. 100%. just, Just the mannerisms, just the way he carries himself, the way he performs. It's like, Whereas Tom Welling, it just it, it feels like a, a little kid wearing well, clothes and putting a little bit of boot polish yeah. into what, like no, I can grow facial hair really. Yeah, what pissed me off too was like the the unnecessary topless scene of Tom um, Tom Welling, like mm. the, when they get off the him and his mate get off the boat after after their bizarre charter encounter. Um, that I won't even talk about because it's that fucking shit. Um, <laughs> fucking, oh, it's shit. But anyway, there's his mate still dressed. Meanwhile, Tom Welling, for whatever reason, has to change his shirt. And, oh, we've got to see a glistening torso. Oh, that's like, why? Why do we need to see that? Oh, because we paid for a personal trainer to get him looking that good. Exactly. It's going to get bums in seats. And it's, it's just like, <sighs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I often change my shirt in the middle of a freezing winter on a fucking frigid right? island. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't want to talk too much more about this film because it's just, it's a, you know, th- th- we were talking about this on the phone the other day. Like, this came at a time where it just seemed almost fashionable to fucking, you know, Hollywood just went, Okay, let's start remaking everything. Mm. And this is just another reason why you don't fucking, you don't touch perfection. Well, it came out, if I remember, during that kind of glut of like mid 2000s, like 2003 to 2009. Yeah, it was 2005, this one. Yeah, it was that period where it's like, oh, we're going to remake every horror movie. Like, and, you know, some worked out well, like Texas Chainsaw, yeah, yeah. Um, Amityville Horror. Yep. There was a couple then, of good moments. You know, there, there were. There genuinely were some good moments. And then you had other stuff, like the Prom Night remake, which was just terrible. Um, mm. You know, you had this. You had, um, you know, there was a lot, a lot, like, you know, My Bloody Valentine got a remake. Hills Have Eyes got a remake. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Like, the, the list goes on. Some were really great, and some were just, like, absolute crap that didn't need to be done this mm. kind of to me felt like it went in the this didn't need to be done pile it's like shut up go away take your seat next to nightmare on old street 2013 and let's never hear from you again exactly and i think the final nail in the coffin of this film as well to go back to selma blair's character and i know it's not her fault but fuck me why have a dj that owns a lighthouse radio station and pretty much just goes this is my KAB and I'll play whatever the fuck I want. She plays Fallout Boy, she plays Jamiroquai, all this stuff in this sleepy little fucking fishing town. Yeah. Whereas in the first film, our, our awesome DJ is playing fucking cool jazz and just smooth music and she's got a smooth well, voice that goes with it. It fits. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, in the first film, like, the soundtrack and the songs that used really fit. They fit the yeah. tone of the movie. Exactly. They fit. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like all of the characters in the original film all kind of look like adults. Like that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, Tom Atkins is like, I don't know, he was probably like 35 or 45 or something like that. 
looks like he's in, you know, his early 30s because yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. But it's like he's a great – even Jamie Lee's character, arguably probably, you know, aside from the kids, the youngest cast member on this film, Jamie Lee still looks like she's in her early 20s or mid-20s. Yeah. Like, you know, whereas, like, this one is just like, oh, you're just trying – everything about the remake of The Fog that I can remember was, like, it was trying really hard to be cool. And you got and, a young cast as well. Yeah, that's the thing. The cast are all super young and it's like, you know, oh, let's just grab like, you know, a handful of actors from the CW that are really yeah, popular at the moment and throw them in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, dude. But it just it just felt like it was trying so hard to be cool and as a result was just completely unmemorable. Well, that's it. I mean, like, even Selma Blair fucking, you know, playing this DJ. I mean, she looks hot in this film, right? And we're trying to be sold the fact that she's a mum as well. And yeah. the kid looks nothing like her. I, I mean, there's a there's a way to kind of make your kid look like your parent. But in this, polar opposites. You know, it just like, I mean, she's there laying in bed fucking looking all hot and shit. And the kid comes running in with his red hair and you're like, okay, this, yeah, this is... <laughs> Sure, okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Your dad carrot top? Yeah, I think so, dude. But it just doesn't make sense, dude. Like, the movie's a mess. But whereas John Carpenter delivered us a fucking memorable film and it just came it just came right at the fucking, the, the beginning of what would be such an incredible career for him, man. Like, oh, he's man. fresh Look. off Halloween, he does this, then... Fucking, he's got the thing, Escape from New York. Ah, dude. Well, I mean, the thing is, man, like, I honestly, unless you are an absolute fan of John Carpenter, trying to remake him is just fucking stupid. Like, there's only one person who's done it well, in my opinion, and that's Rob Zombie. Yes. Um, Yes. Like, you know, um, and the thing is, Zombie was smart enough not to try and remake Carpenter, but to try and expand Halloween exactly. and put their own spin on it. Whereas The Fog, it's like no one's trying to put their own spin on the remake no. of that. They're just trying to mimic John Carpenter and they're doing it fucking terribly. Uh, like, it's it's like, an appalling It's so bad mess, it made me burp. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know whether that was a burp or that was me throwing up at the thought of remaking uh, John Carpenter. I, I was I was tr- I was almost going to turn it off, and then I was like, "Nah, I've, I've got to sit this through to the end." Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm going to rewatch it just to torture myself. Oh, um, dude, like, morning in here, bro. You, you watch Halloween ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but I just I just think like, yeah, look, man. I mean, Carpenter is just masterful at what he does, and uh, this movie's just another fucking reason why. Like, yeah, like I said, man. Every movie he every every genre or style of story that he turns his fucking vision on it is just he nails it like and the beautiful thing i love about this movie too is it doesn't age it's it's a real timeless masterpiece it is it so is i mean look i mean there's obvious there's moments in there that look obvious of the time but dude other than that it's a really well executed film that will hold you know, it's one of them films you could play on the big screen today and fucking kids would love it. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, because um, I literally said to B um, after I watched it, I said, you yeah. know, when we do, because, you know, we, we plan out our Halloween displays and that, you know, well in advance. It's like, oh, you know, one one year we'll do like a, a haunted pirate thing for the front. Fuck know, yeah. Front. Yeah. And, you know, because we're, we're sort of like, you know, working out like, you know, oh, what movies are we going to give away that year? And I said, you know, one that we could give away that would be perfect for like kids of all ages is The Fog. Because there's nothing in there that's like so scary that like, no. you know, you would be like, oh my God. Like, it's not like you're giving a fucking eight year old Hellraiser. Like, if you gave an eight year old The Fog, they'd probably really fucking dig it. It's just a really good um, ghost just, story. Yeah, they can just watch it with their folks when they finish mm. trick-or-treating and just go, oh, that was really cool. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a really perfect piece, man, because, you know, the, that opening scene with Donald Pleasance really sets the tone of the movie, and the movie just expands on that narrative with a, a masterful visual accompaniment. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of – it's very cleverly made in the sense of it's a scary film – 
without relying on over the top scariness. Yeah. It's it's the, the, the shit that you don't see that makes you fucking cringe and yeah. fear, you know? So yeah. Well, that's dude, the thing. It's I just, love it. It's just like I said, man, it's the atmosphere. There's no overt gore or anything like no. that. It's just it's atmospheric and that's why it's scary. Which is yeah. it's it's fucking awesome. Like I mean, you do... enough. Many, many beers and many pieces. Absolutely. You do see, you do, I, before we go, there, there was, there was one cool nugget of the ghosts where, um, in the, just right at the climax where a, Adrian's trying to, Adrian's character, the DJ is trying to escape the fucking Stevie Ray. That's her name. Yeah. Um, Stevie Ray is trying to escape the fucking ghosts that are breaking into the lighthouse and kill her. And she ends up at the top of the, the lighthouse um, and I remember in the interview, she's saying about she fucking, it, she really put herself through physical hell to do that scene because yes. they they had to reshoot the scene so many times, and she's up there in heels, fucking, you know, hurting her ankles and shit. And um, but there's a scene where she fucking, uh, sta- I think she stabs or kicks the ghost, and you see a close up of its face. And it's oh, just all fucking... Yeah, 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 now I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it's all green and fucking... It just looks like something that came from the bottom of the ocean. It was really cool. So, um, but yeah, all the beer, all the pizzas for sure. Fucking, yeah, it's uh, it's a short movie, but dude... Uh, it's one of the movies where you don't lose... You don't lose attention for a minute. No, man, no. That's, that's the great thing about it. Yeah, I fucking love it, man. And, um, yeah, dude, I'm so glad we did this one, man. It's a fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a killer, killer yeah, film. I really, I really feel like we should just do a series of, like, John Carpenter stuff. <laughs> you pretty much could, dude. Pretty well, much. I, know, I know we've done a lot. Like, I know we've done, like, we've done The Thing. We've done Big Trouble in Little China, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think so, but man, fucking any excuse to revisit those. Fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, but I haven't seen his um, his original film, um, Dark Star. I haven't seen that one. Oh man, I think I saw that probably about twenty years ago. Um, yeah, and yeah, like it's you know it's you you can see the uh, the hints of greatness to come in it. Yeah, it's. I remember. I just remember reading about it. Just reading that it was very very low budget, but effectively shot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. But um. Next week we'll do another fucking cracker one and done, and then yeah, try and figure out what series we're doing next. I guess yeah, we'll we'll launch into something. <laughs> yeah, something. But um, yeah, man, fucking tune in uh, tomorrow for Rad. I think we're tweaking Rad for this week. We sort of mentioned we were doing Carlito's way, but yeah, we were going to do Carlito's way, but um. Certain things popped up in the news this week regarding uh, something uh, or a character rather that we're both big fans of that uh, we feel we need to address. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's a it's going to be a great episode because we're going to talk about a lot of the just less about the movies, but more about just the impact of the character in our lives. So yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah. It'll, it'll be a great episode. We will discuss. We will discuss a bit with the movies and stuff. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's something that it's, we need to take action and address this. We have to. <laughs> and it's going to be a good chat, I reckon. So, um, yeah. But uh, thanks for tuning in, all you freaky types. And, uh, yeah, thanks as always for your support. Um, like, and, subscribe and do all the good stuff. Yeah. And if you thought we didn't mention it once in this episode, um, this has been a Mori-free episode. I was literally going to say that. Like, I, we, we must be psychically linked. So I was looking we are. We didn't make fun of Morrissey once. Um, I, I feel like we should rectify that. Anyway, Morrissey's a cunt. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to say this. I know the Punisher isn't going to die because he's going to come back and he's going to kill Morrissey, period. So, yeah, that's we, a spoiler. We, we, is, is, is it possible Morrissey was a producer of something on the remake for The Fog? I think so. Because it was unmemorable, and so is he. And the soundtrack was unmemorable. So, yeah, there you go. Jamiroquai should not be in a horror movie. Oh, dude, in a, in a sleepy ghost town? Seriously? Come on. <laughs>
I don't think Jamiroquai should be in any horror movie. Like, no, nothing against the dude. No, I, I love Jamiroquai. I, I, I listen to his music and I don't exactly think like, oh, yeah, I can totally see Jason Voorhees coming uh, that. <laughs> and Fallout Boy. It's like, come on, guys. Fuck's sakes. Uh, yeah. yeah, horrid mess. <laughs> but John Carpenter, we salute you as always, brother. You are the man. And Tom Atkins, you are God. Hell yeah, he is. <laughs> Till next time, stay freaky. We will see you tomorrow. You. And that concludes another episode of Freaky Friday. If you haven't done so already, like and subscribe to the Rad channel. There you can get a two for one of Freaky Friday and Rad. If you haven't left a review, leave a review. Five stars or more will keep you safe. Until next time, stay freaky. <laughs>